Greetings, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day. The kettle's probably on. It's true. I love it. I love it. You gotta hear this song. A wombat. Hello, my fellow Stannies and Dancefloor darlings. Welcome to not quite yet another Minogue Monday on This Is Disco with your host, Adam Eve, that's me, and the wonderful Eliza Day. Hello, my darling. How are you? I am glorious. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, look, clearly the two of us are still on cloud nine, as just last week we were lucky enough to sit down in the virtual studio of This Is Disco with the one and only queen of disco, the incomparable Gloria Gaynor. Hot on the heels of Gloria's stunning collaboration with Kylie Minogue on the track and video for Can't Stop Writing Songs About You, Eliza and I sat down with the Queen of Disco on This Is Disco to chat all about that incredible collaboration, the ceremony in her name when she was crowned Queen of Disco, her latest Grammy award-winning gospel album, Testimony, and, of course, we go into great detail about that unforgettable disco classic, the heavenly I will survive. Without further ado, please welcome onto This Is Disco the living legend that is Gloria Gaynor. It is an absolute honour and a true pleasure to welcome our very special guest onto This Is Disco for the month of April. She's a two-time Grammy Award winner for both disco and gospel records, including her stunning 2019 album, Testimony. This living legend is also a Broadway star and TV star and has a psychology degree and an honorary doctorate in music. In 2016, her hugely influential disco smash, I Will Survive, was added to the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry, and she is the undisputed queen of disco. Please welcome to, quite literally, This Is Disco, with the queen <laughs> of it, Gloria Gaynor. Welcome onto This Is Disco. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's such an honour to have you on the show. We're really just appreciative of your time and uh, can't wait to get into it with you. <laughs> yeah, like, we appreciate how busy you are. You've just come back from Dubai, I understand, mm-hmm. headlining. Yes. What was the event you were headlining there? It's uh, It was called Expo 2020 because wow. I don't know why they call it 2020. It started, <laughs> it started last year. Yeah, um, right. Well, maybe maybe they wanted it in 2020 and it couldn't be. Right. No. I feel like the, the past two years kind of don't count. We went from 2019 to 2022. <laughs> so whatever you want to call the current time is fine. It can be 2020, <laughs> 2021. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so before we get into everything 2022 and obviously we're a, a podcast that celebrates the music of Kylie, who you've recently collaborated with, Mm-hmm. And all our listeners know you. They know I will survive. But, you know, many of them might not know your story. So mm-hmm. we're hoping you will do us the honour of travelling back to the start of the 70s with us mm-hmm. and sharing with us your story, all the, I guess, serendipitous moments that have led to where you are today. I, 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 was, I was performing with a, a band mm-hmm. and... and um, was um, heard by, funny enough, the 
there was a disco dancer in the place where we were where I was performing and she told her manager about me and he came down to hear me sing and subsequently took me to Columbia Records where I recorded got my first recording um, through Clive Davis Clive Davis signed me to Columbia Records and he is the one that got me started in disco music because he hired this uh, duet of brothers two brothers to uh, Mervyn and Marvin Steele to write a song for me. And it was called um, Honeybee. Right. And that was my first recording, first disco recording. And uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. So um, yeah, that, that, would, that song became what we call a turntable hit <laughs> because uh, <laughs> it didn't do well on radio at all. But, um, you know, subsequent recordings did, like Never Can Say Goodbye, was high on the, um, on the, the disco charts. Um, um, I understand it was the first disco record ever to be played on AM radio. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. huge. Wow. <laughs> and um, so that became a, a big disco hit. And then I just continued recording from there. I was very excited about doing recording I Will Survive because at the same time, Isaac Hayes, I mean, never can say goodbye, that is, I'm sorry, um, because Isaac Hayes, they recorded it as well. And the record company was trying to decide which one they should release. And I'm very happy to say they released mine. Yes. But I just felt, you know, it was such an honor to be, you know, head to head with with Isaac Hayes. Yeah. Who I really, really loved and eventually got to record with. Oh, did you ever sing that song together? No, we didn't sing that one together. We sang, funny enough, we sang a um, um, Barry White song together. Oh, wow. <laughs> my first, my last, my everything. Oh, what a song. Oh. We recorded that together. But um, so, you know, my career just went on from there. And then I, during one of my shows, I fell on stage and um, ended up, well, I, I jumped back up from the floor and finished my show and went out to breakfast with, uh, with my group and went home, went to bed, went to sleep, woke up the next morning paralyzed from the waist down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And that I had like three or four, maybe five albums. And... Um, the record company called and said that they were not going to renew my contract. People were going around the record company saying the queen is dead. Oh my god! The queen of discos. Incidentally, there is a um, a um, rivalry among among fans. Oh. Among fans about who is the queen of disco. Right. I say that the queen of disco is whomever you want her to be. Mm-hmm. But. But <laughs> I'm the only one, I, I am the only one who was elected mm. Queen of Discos by the International Association <gasps> of Discotheque Disc Jockeys and who had a, um, a coronation at Le Jardin Club in New York City where people came from all over the world, DJs came from all over the world to crown me Queen of Discos. So if someone else has been crowned Queen of Discos, it wasn't by them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they feel about claiming that. Someone once asked me, how do you feel about Donna Summer taking your crown? I said, uh, my, my crown is in my closet. <laughs> is, is it actually? 
It you, was at that time. Do, I have to ask, do you still have the crown? No, I don't. I don't know really what happened to But I did have it at that time. Because I was imagining you just, I don't know, off an afternoon thinking, you know what, I need to do some vacuuming. I'm going to pop my crown on just for this, <laughs> just because I can. Well, I can't say I haven't ever done that. <laughs> oh, wow. So you, we've set the record straight. You are officially the queen of disco. You were anointed. You had your coronation <laughs> ceremony. Crowned. I got a citation from the mayor of New York. <gasps> Did you get a scepter as well? No, I didn't get a scepter. Okay, well, we can, we can arrange that. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can arrange a scepter. If I had to be dethroned by somebody, um, <laughs> certainly was worthy. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, your debut album, Never Can Say Goodbye, featured the first ever continuous mix of its kind, a 19-minute non-stop mix by Tom Moulton of Honey Bee, Never Can mm. Say Goodbye, and Reach Out, I'll Be There, on the first side of the album. This was literally the birth of, I guess, the extended mix medley remix how did this brilliant idea come about? Because I've got to say, I don't anymore, but back in my radio FM days when I used to be a smoker, those continuous mixes were a godsend in a three, four hour radio <laughs> set because there, weren't, there wasn't enough time to go to the bathroom, quickly have a coffee. So those mixes, huge, hugely influential to me, especially. Well, that is precisely what I was thinking about when Tom Moulton <laughs> came up with the idea. I thought... The DJs are, you know, clustered in those little booths yeah. and they are going to be delighted to have this break, which means they're going to play the album more. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'm happy that you took advantage of that and I hope a lot of them did. Because, yeah, yeah, that was, that was Tom Moulton's brilliant idea. We have remixes and extended mixes. Mm-hmm. Because I think of- that was the beginning of of the um, DJ mixing as well. Right. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. I'm, this is all very, very surreal. I'm, <laughs> I still can't believe that we're talking to you. I, you know, my, my love of disco and music and you, you know, comes from my mum and, mm. you know, by, by chance it's her birthday today and I, she lives oh, next door. Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, I will. I was about to say she said to say hi. <laughs> so I, <laughs> next door and I, I popped over this morning just to say happy birthday and she she pulls this out oh, I love it. yeah yes. so yeah this is if i keep having moments of spinning out that's that's why anyway let's continue <laughs> That was the first ever number one on Billboard's first dance disco charts in 1974, which is now known as the Dance Club Chart. That's also another huge, huge thing. Just the first of of everything. (laughs) So, Gloria, I guess this... The answer is different for so many people, but what does disco mean to you? Disco means to me... How can I put this? Musically, disco means... I mean, it's difficult to put in words what it means to me, but... It means an awful lot to me because I recognize, as I don't think a lot of people do, that disco music is the first music in the history of music ever to bring together people from every race, creed, color, nationality, and age group. And I am ecstatic to be a part of that. When they did the unification dinner, um, the unification gala in 
in uh, East Germany when the, when the Berlin Wall came down. Right. I sang for that gala. Did you? I sang disco music for that gala. Yeah, it brings it just brings everybody together. It's just it just does. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're sitting with a a Christian woman. My father is a Polish Jew who escaped the Nazis. Adam is a Bosnian Muslim. We're sitting here in the middle of Easter, Passover and Ramadan, all (laughs) talking about our love for disco. Mm. You're so right. It's it's just something we all share as Mm -hmm. something that just brings us joy. I guess in talking about disco as well, um, I mean, there is so much mythology around Studio 54. Like, I can't think of another sort of period in modern cultural history that is, I guess, romanticized as much mm. as the 70s and disco, aside from maybe Paris in the 1920s. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? We all have these fantasies of these creatives coming together. And so I guess my question is, was it as amazing as we all have the fantasy it was? Like, I'm imagining you and Donna Summer and Diana Ross and Liza Minnelli on the dance floor just... Is, is that what it was? or? <laughs> well, I don't honestly know because I, rec- I performed there several times. And the last time that I sang there, I mean, I, I, I differentiate between singing there and performing there simply because the last time I only did one song and I did it because um, another artist had uh, uh, artists from Europe who shall be nameless, came to visit and they expected this artist to sing and this artist refused to sing. And so I sang in, in a song a song in their native tongue. Oh. Kind of give the audience, you know, a taste of what they were hoping for. And it was wonderful. It was wonderful because I was one of the few artists who performed at Studio 54 who wasn't afraid to walk, to perform on the catwalk. Oh, so right. you just strutted down. I walked on the catwalk dancing and was like, you know, the queen singing to her. <laughs> <laughs> In your crown? Did you sometimes wear the crown to Studio 54? No, I never wore the crown to Studio 54. <laughs> but I honestly don't know anything about Studio 54 because the only time I was ever going to go there as a guest, someone I had some friends come over from England and I, they wanted to go to Studio 54, so I was taking them that night. And when we arrived in our limo, the guy with the velvet rope came over to me and, and, and asked me to roll down the window. So I'm like, okay. So I rolled the window down and I said, hi, this is, I'm Gloria Gary. He said, yes, I know. I said, well, you know, my guests and I wanted to come in, you know, wanted to, you know. He said, Ms. Gaynor, you don't want to come in here tonight. I said, thank you. And I left. <laughs> oh, wow. So I don't know what was going on in there, but I was flattered that he re- recognized that I wouldn't want to be a part of it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I am going to think about this probably once a day for the rest of my life. Wondering well, <laughs> what I was going on. I often think about it. But I understand there was a lot of really crazy stuff that went on there. I never saw any of it because I came in the back door on the second floor into my dressing room, onto, out of my dressing room, onto the catwalk, back to my dressing room and back off the door. 
So right. I really don't know what was going on. <laughs> right. right. Interesting. Oh, I'm, I'm forever going to wonder what was going on that particular night. We must, we'll make it our mission to find out <laughs> and get back to you. We'll let you know when we find out. <laughs> oh. Well, it would be completely remiss of us not to talk about I Will Survive, obviously. Mm. Could you tell us the story about how this monumental piece of music came to be? Well, I was, um, did I mention before that I was? Yes. I mentioned that. So I went into the hospital after that fall and um, um, like I said, I was paralyzed from the waist down Mm -hmm. and went into the hospital and I was there from... March, the middle of March until the 3rd of July. I'll never forget it because I'm the 3rd of July and getting home to see the fireworks. Uh, and um, uh, I'd lost everything. I'd lost everything. Um, I didn't have, I lost my furniture, my apartment, my everything. And um, except my clothes. And that were at my boyfriend's apartment. He's gone and got my clothes and he had them there. My personal effects. Uh, and so um, company called and said that they were they were dropping my contract. So now only do I not now do I not only have no apartment and, and no job. I didn't have it was like I almost didn't have a career. I was like, what am I going to do? Wow. So I'm praying and praying and, 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 and knowing that that, that God's going to do something, just not knowing what. And a few weeks after I was released from the hospital, they called me back and said they were not going to um, drop my contract because they'd gotten a new president of the company over from England. And he wanted me specifically to record the song that he'd had a hit with in England and wanted to repeat that success here in the United States. So they sent me out to California to these two producers, um, Freddie Perrin and Dino Fakaris. And when I got there, I asked them what would be the B-side, because, of course, back then, a record came out on 45, A-side and B-side. And they said, well, what kind of songs do you like to sing? I said, I like songs that are meaningful, have good lyrics, touch people's hearts, have good melodies. They said, well, we think you're the one we've been waiting for to record this song that we wrote two years ago. So I've always felt like God told them, look, sit down, write this song, now hold on to it, I'm going to send you somebody. Uh, <laughs> Finally, he sent me them. I sent them me, and uh, and I recorded this song in in uh, California in the studio in a back brace. Wow! Oh my gosh! Uh, you know, added to my performance, I believe. Yeah. Because you know, when I read the lyrics, I'm saying, "What are you stupid?" Why? <laughs> I'm like, this is a timeless lyric. Yeah. I mean, I'm late. It's my spine injury and, and the fact that I'm standing here in a back brace, the fact that my mother just passed away a few years ago, something I, I you know, desperately hoping I could survive. So everybody's going to relate whatever they're going through that they think is insurmountable and yes, hope they'll survive. They're going to relate to this. This is a timeless lyric. Mm. I, they said, well, that's the deal we made. I said, well, if it's left to me, it won't stay on the B side. So when we took it back to, to New York, um, to the record company, we told them, this, we've got to listen to this song. This, this should be the song that you promote. They wouldn't even listen to it. What? They wouldn't listen to it. Because the president had chosen the other song and nobody wanted to go against his choice. 
<laughs> so they wouldn't even listen to it. So we took it to Studio 54. Oh. <laughs> gave it to Ricky Kozar, the DJ there. He played it. The audience went wild, which let me know that I was absolutely right because New York audiences are so jaded. They don't know <laughs> anything, please. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, take this stack of records and give them to your DJ friends around New York, have them play it. And he did that. And people began to request it in the clubs. And then they be began to request it on radio because now they want to hear it on the way to work and on the way home from work and fucking traffic. They want to I'll survive this mess. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the rest is history. First of all, it reminds me of, it was, I've been watching a lot of interviews with you over the past week. And there was one where you talked about a sign that you gave your manager, Stephanie. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't want to get it wrong. So oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, do you tell it because yeah. I'll get it wrong. <laughs> when I, after I met her, I, I met her and I, I, you know, worked with her for a few weeks. I bought her this sign that says, do you want to talk to the man in charge or the woman who knows what's going on? <laughs> That's it. Because as soon as you started telling this story, I'm like, why was everyone talking to the man in charge instead of the woman who knew what was going on? <laughs> That's literally what it was. Do, do you think, and I, this could be a loaded question that could have a PhD attached to it, do you think had you been a man, being that assertive and passionate in your conviction, they would have listened or been oh, like that? Yeah. Really? Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think they would have listened. They may not have changed their minds because of the president, but they would have at least listened. Yeah. yeah. Have, have things changed? Like, like, you know, you've been in the business a long time. Is it? <laughs> it has changed. It has changed, but only to the extent that we can push things. Right. right. They, they're not still not coming easily, but we can push things. We can push some buttons, you know, and um, yeah, we can push things. And we got a lot more nerve than we used to. Oh, yeah. You know, a, lot stuff, a lot of stuff, you know, happened back then because we just kind of cowered and, and you know, and let, it, let it happen, you know, let it be. No one want to ruffle any feathers. We don't mind ruffling feathers. We'll boil the bird. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like, one, you do have a fantastic Studio 54 story, and two, you were not cowering to anyone. No. Back in the 70s, and... You know, it's a, a lot of people look up to you as, you know, a someone who represents female empowerment and mm. to stand up for ourselves. So thank you on behalf of women everywhere. <laughs> I Will Survive was also the only song ever to win a Grammy for Best Disco Recording in 1980. And the category lasted one year after that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, what followed was the whole disco demolition era. What did you think of that whole awful period and the fact that that Grammy only lasted? Well, I thought that um, somebody's, somebody who had a lot of um, clout and power, um, uh, I felt that their bottom line was being negatively affected by the 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 popularity of, of disco music and they determined to put a stop to it. Mm. Yeah. Because my question was, they did this demo, the disco demolition thing. My question, had I been there, would have been to everyone who was there, is 
if you hate disco music, explain to me why you have these recordings. <laughs> yes. Surely you didn't go out and buy them just to burn them today. Yeah, exactly. Why did you buy them if you so hated disco music? And obviously that is not true. So why are you buying into this mob mentality and allowing somebody to let you destroy something that you obviously like? Yeah. The strange thing about the disco demolition thing was that it didn't, it didn't really get rid of disco at all, thank God. But what it did was it found especially through dance music over the next two decades that would follow it, disco found itself deeply rooted in dance music across the board, whether it was house or techno or trance. There was always that disco element there. It was just given a different name. Well, I've been saying ever since then, disco music is alive and well and living in the hearts of music lovers around the world. It has simply changed its name to protect the innocent. (laughs) Um, you know the I will survive means so much to so many people I mean you have a beautiful book of of stories we will survive from people all over the globe sharing their stories of survival and perseverance Mm -hmm. including your own um But I guess what what does the song mean to you and do you ever tire of being asked to sing it? The the song has become the core of my purpose. Wow. Um and and it's and it's a wonderful purpose mm-hmm. to bring hope and encouragement and, and joy and empowerment to people. I don't know anything better to do. Um and I'm, I'm privileged to have that song. I will never stop believing that this was a God-given gift to me, this song, because the song has, not only has the song lived so long, not only have I had thousands of people tell me, write to me, uh, about the different situations that the song has brought them through. But the song has been recorded over 200 times by over 200 different people. And yet people keep coming back to mine. So yes, it is a gift to me, it is mine. Obviously no one can take it. Um, and that's that's a wonderful thing. Mm. You know, because it's not this obscure little song that got a couple of airplays here and there now and then. It's constantly being played all this time. So that's a, that's a great, great gift to me. I am honored every time I sing this song, every time I sing it. So you don't get sick of? I don't no. get sick of it, no, I at all. Does that mean that if hypothetically Right now, I hypothetically asked you to. Oh, no, not I. Oh. I will survive. Oh, as long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. I've got all my life to live, and I've got all my love to give, and I'll survive. I will survive. I will survive. Oh, oh my gosh, that was incredible. I've got goosebumps. Uh, I'm, I'm, literally, I'm literally crying. <laughs> Oh, I feel like um, I'm in that scene in Outling McGill. <laughs> but yeah, for those listening who haven't... <laughs> the one with me? Yes. Like, 
because as funny as that, like I'm literally in my closet. I'm in my closet right now. And the amount of time, for those who haven't seen the episode, Ali is, you know, mourning the loss of, you know, a loved one and you appear as a fish and singing I will survive, including in the shower. I mean, who amongst us hasn't sung that song in the shower? But it was such an amazing, um, sorry, I'm very emotional, um, representation of what I think the song means and what you mean to all of us. Like, you know, there's plenty of times I would say every single person listening that has found themselves crying in the shower for some reason. And it takes something like you singing, whether we've put it on the radio before we've got in the shower or just singing it to ourselves or in our bedroom. And it, it has often felt like you were there with us. So I guess this is a bit, I feel like I'm meeting my guardian angel or something. (laughs) I'm, I'm in my bedroom and you're singing that song. And anyway, thank you. I, I will never recover from this moment. <laughs> I will never survive. <laughs> yes, you will. Ironically from this. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing that will end me. <laughs> let's bring things into the current, shall yes. we? Let's, let's talk about what a lot of people listening are hoping that we ask you about. How indeed did the Kylie collaboration come to be well it was quite simple she called me she asked me if i wanted to do a duet with her i said absolutely Ah. and they sent me the song i love the song and we did it that's simple incredible were you like so you obviously you didn't record together because no no, (laughs) exactly exactly um but we had met um a few years ago well probably a few years ago actually at uh, Madison Square Garden where we both did a did a show. I was at that. Were you? Yes. Oh, great. Anyway, go on, but yes, I was at that show and that wasn't my question. Where, where we met, as a matter of fact, Tom introduced us. Oh we, yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Right. And uh and and she was like so sweet and so warm and and welcoming and generous. And um, it was great meeting her. And then I you know, began to listen to her music here and there and, and all of that. And so when she called and asked me to do that, I'm like, oh, absolutely. Oh. absolutely. And then hearing the song, I'm like, oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That's, is, that, that's your jam? <laughs> what a song, what a song. Yeah, it, it's... It's amazing. And the video. So that was directed by Sophie Mueller. Is that, that's right, isn't it? I think. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so that was, I assume, also filmed separately. How was, how was that done? Well, my part was done at a studio a sound, on a soundstage near my home. Oh. As a matter of fact. And, um, and her part was done in, in England. Don't even know what I'm thinking. I'm not even drinking, but I'm drunk on you, you, you. You're the rhythm and the groove, and you're the sweetest melody. Maybe I just can't dance unless you're dancing right here next to me. I think people look at that and they think, oh, you know, the wonders of modern technology that you can film separately and then come together. But the video for I Will Survive has someone on roller skates. i make sure mm-hmm. I get her name right. Yeah. Sheila Reed Pender, is that right? Yeah. And have I you... met her like 20 years later. Wow. So you, so you were not filming met, on the same day. I no, I didn't. I didn't. I had never met her until about 20 years later. She came to, I was doing um, uh, book signing. Wow. Yeah. 
Did she come up to you and go, um, so? <laughs> yeah, she did. As a matter of fact, she came up to the table where I was signing autographs and told me who she was and showed me all these pictures. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm never, I can't believe I'm just meeting you. Thank you so much. Wow. I would have loved if you had have said she just rolled up on her roller skates to the desk, <laughs> put her book down and said, remember me? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd never met her. So great. Wow. I was so jealous of her. I never learned to roller skate. No? No. That's still time. I went roller skating once. I went roller skating once with my ex-husband, and I had these blue velvet skates. Oh, love that. You know, the blue part was blue velvet with silver and blue strings. And silver blue pom poms, and <gasps> silver blue, uh, silver and blue um, ski poles, all of this stuff. I never left the side of the room. <laughs> <gasps> I mean, you could have just done a photo shoot just with that's that. What I was, that's precisely what I was doing. I'm in a photo shoot because I could not skate at all, and I still don't know how to skate. Oh, do you still I have those? Skates? Gave, no, I gave them to my niece. Okay. Oh. <laughs> So I'm still, I could not do it. And he's there doing all of this back and forth and turning and frowning and all that. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Amazing. So it wasn't a recreation of Xanadu around not the ring. All, no. Okay. <laughs> we haven't named that movie yet. <laughs> uh, well, with so many disco albums that have been coming out over the last couple of years do you think that you will probably do more collaborations like this especially now that disco is very much back in a big way i quite honestly don't know i mean when kylie asked me to, because it was kylie and because of the song i did it but i really am more into the gospel music now yes. um um so I don't know. I can't say no and I can't say yes. I don't know. It depends what what comes to me, you know. Mm. Well, I'm glad you brought up the, the gospel side of things because we definitely want to talk to you about that, about your amazing album, Testimony. It's so, you know, I'm not super familiar with, with gospel. I guess I didn't grow up with it and it's, it's not um, something I guess it's a lot around here and I I've, until I've been really immersing myself in it in your album over the past week I've got my favorite mm-hmm. tracks already okay. joy comes joy comes in the morning is my favorite track I think as is proven <laughs> this morning yes clearly Um, the reworking of Amazing Grace, Back on Top, those are my top three. I've already started mm-hmm. ranking them. But, okay. you know, I think there's this... Um, I had wrongly believed, and this is going to sound silly when I say it out loud, that because I'm not, you know, a person of strong faith, that I wasn't, quote, unquote, allowed to listen to gospel music, which is silly. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I was listening to your album, I'm like, oh, this is a music for anyone who enjoys joy and feeling uplifted and mm-hmm. 
is that is yeah. that how you feel like, like what does gospel mean to you i guess like well um, you know i i yeah it brings i mean to with this album i mean to bring joy i mean to bring hope i mean to bring um um peace and comfort and, and uplifting and empowerment and all of that and in hopes of 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 getting people curious about if they don't already know curious about and looking to the author of all that, mm-hmm. you know, um, because, you know, a, a music can, can, can bring you all of that. But when you're really down and you need some serious help, you need to know that the source of that music is there to help you. Mm. And you just need to reach out, mm. you know? So that's what I hope that, the, that's what I hope the music inspires, a, a curiosity about, you know, it's almost like, let me get my arsenal full of power before I need it. Right. You know? And so that's what uh, I'm hoping that this album would, would inspire. Uh, and if not before something bad happens, when it bad, when something bad happens or, or something for which you need a lot of help, you'll know that you can reach for the author of, right. of, of those songs, the, the, the subject of all of those songs. Now that you've talked about, um, you know, having your arsenal ready, there was a, a beautiful quote that you'd shared in an interview, I think, that you attributed to your mother about mm-hmm. prepare prepare for war and peace or something. Did I get that right? I don't want to misquote yeah. her. You need to prepare for war and peace time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like that, that stuck with me. I've thought about that a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. over the past yeah. week. So you recorded that in Nashville? Is that, yes. Is that right? Oh. Yes, yes, because Stephanie uh, found a producer who uh, was interested in um, in the recording with me. He was delighted, and I was delighted when I found out, you know, all of the songs, things that he had done. And we made a good team, and he, then he brought on all of these wonderful uh, people to do duets with me, uh, Bart Millard and Mike, Mike Farris and J- Jason Crabb and Yolanda Adams all wonderful Christian singers. And, um, and it was great working with each one of them. Each one was like, they were just so, and what I really loved was that they had so much respect and admiration for one another. Right. So it just made, you know, beautiful. It was just beautiful. Do you think there's a, I guess, listening to testimony as well as, you know, listening to something like Kylie's disco album, it feels like the common thread through, I guess, disco and gospel is joy mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. that's it's the only yeah. i can't think of any other genres that kind of elicit that same yeah I, i'm standing up taller for the moment you know yeah yeah exactly exactly would you ever do so in kylie's infinite disco concert that she did um at the end of 2020 she had a house gospel choir interesting for one of her songs and would you ever do a gospel disco album is that a thing that exists where you could not yet (laughs) (laughs) yet. is that something you would entertain Um, that idea i don't know how it would work you know i don't see why because why not because i don't think that 
gospel music has ever been, um, how, how can I say, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Confined. Mm. To, it's, it's a genre within, in itself, but as far as what kind of music is backing up, there's been bluesy gospel for years. Mm. Bluesy gospel. I mean, I think uh, um, Amazing Grace is bluesy type gospel songs. Yeah. You know? And 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 there's been joyous people. Listen, people have been dancing in, in church forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I dance like David danced <laughs> every every time I'm in church. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so yeah, I don't see why not. You know, because I think gospel pertains more to the words than it does to the kind of music. Prior to the <sighs> pandemic, we had heard that there was a movie documentary being made of your life. I believe that's still going ahead. When can we expect Mm -hmm. to see that? Well, it should be finished um, um, in early fall and um, hopefully it'll be out early next year. How exciting. So it's been a long time coming, it sounds like. It's been a long time coming. I've been promising it, but this time this is a real promise. (laughs) (laughs) oh i can't wait will that be a cinema cinema release uh, streaming bit of both i'm not quite sure i know it'll be streaming but um what where how far it'll go i'm not sure Mm -hmm. i'm hoping to do a a a film docufilm Mm. with raji henson playing me oh wow amazing okay we'll have to keep an eye out for that indeed Very, very exciting. But I guess the, the biggest question is, um, when will we see you on our shores, perhaps in a Melbourne hometown, mm-hmm. Kylie, Gloria, double performance? You know, I have to revert to that old showbiz phrase, speak to my manager. <laughs> <laughs> We oh, will. We will. We will. Now, <laughs> we will be emailing the second we hang up. <laughs> Bring Gloria down under. Yes, please. You've been here a few a times. New, I need a new kangaroo. <laughs> yes. I finally had to let go of my kangaroo that I got there when I first went to, to um, Auckland. Right. All right. It was. They said it was the only one that not only had a pocket, but had a baby in it. Oh, oh little Joey! Oh. I called her, her booby. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to get girl booby, booby. All of booby's hair was falling out. Oh no! Well, we need to get yes. you a new booby, definitely. Uh, yes, gotta get you back. When was the last time you were here? Oh, it's been years. It's been many years. Oh, we definitely, we have to rectify that because now that you've collaborated. Yes, absolutely. You are, anyone who collaborates with Kylie, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, becomes an honorary Australian citizen. Yes. So um, you are now free, you are now free to come and go as you please. Um, You can always come to our place for a barbecue. It just, that's that's how it works now. Just, I don't know if anyone let you know that. I just can't stop writing songs about you.
Gloria, I can't tell you how amazing this has been of an opportunity for us both. And we've both got different history with disco and a different relationship with it. And mine definitely started through, again, my parents and DJing and listening to their disco records and falling just madly in love with it. So this has been very surreal and quite possibly the best way to have spent a morning I think that I could ever think of. So thank you again so, so very much from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah. Thank I, you. My pleasure. I've enjoyed it very much. I I echo everything Adam has said. You are the personification, I think, of hope is probably the best way I would ever describe you. And That's incredible. Thank you. Oh, it's... I, the amount of gratitude I think both Adam and I are feeling right now is through the roof. This will carry me through the rest of the year. So Excellent. thank you. So yes, to everyone listening, if you want to know more about Gloria, go to her website, gloriagainer.com. You will find links to her socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, mm-hmm. because you are a legendary TikToker now. Yes. <laughs> From what we have seen, taking Twitter by storm, there is links to your tour dates. For our UK listeners, there is a boogie, what's it called? A boogie town on September the 10th. Yes. So, because we have a lot of UK listeners who I think will be very excited to see you yes. for that. <laughs> there is merch. And I just want to make mention as well, my favourite section on your website was the thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There is a thought section that I encourage everyone to go and look at. It's just wisdom on life and love, friendship, everything. It's there. So that, I think, was my favourite part of the whole <laughs> website. So I'll be printing off all of those, sticking them around my room, getting me through the day. So Wonderful. Thank you yeah. again so, so much. It has been an absolute yeah. honour and a pleasure having you on This Is Disco with Eliza and myself. Thank you so much. It's been a really great pleasure. A lot of fun. Thank you so much, Gloria. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you again wow how incredible was that eliza my god i i'm still in shock and awe and completely overwhelmed by that entire experience and (laughs) I mean as you can tell in the interview especially at the start when you know at at first I was afraid I I was petrified oh my god (laughs) (laughs) can't believe it's taken me to the end of the episode to To somehow shoehorn that in (laughs) (laughs) oh but yeah what what an amazing, amazing woman. Like, as as nervous as I think we both were, she was just so warm and mm. kind and you just felt at ease right. straight away. Just an amazing, amazing woman. I've got to say also, as is always the way, a couple of hours later, after we'd hung up on the Zoom conversation, I thought of about four or five other questions <laughs> that I wanted to ask. And I'm like, well, thanks, Brain. It's a bit late now. <laughs> But anyway, I, we've just got to say a massive, massive thank you once again to the divine Gloria Gaynor for chatting with us for April's This Is Disco. Uh, I've got to say, I can't believe that the episode in my birthday month, it's just an yes. interview with, you know, the queen of disco. It's, I no, no know. Biggie, no biggie. I know. And I, the funny thing is, you know, we 
we do a lot of tongue-in-cheek things on the pod about Kylie being the first woman in space, Danny inventing <laughs> Zoom. Right. Okay, now, everybody, we are being serious. This is a woman who helped invent disco. Right. Who helped invent the remix, the medley. Like, a, an actual pioneer. Absolutely. Of everything that we listen to and enjoy today. It's just, my mind is absolutely blown. We are very, very grateful and we're very, very blessed. <laughs> yes. And uh, to clear, I just realised as well... Um, you know, speaking of birthdays, as when I mentioned my mum's birthday, I was holding up an old vinyl, but I realised you can't see that in a podcast. No, <laughs> so just, to, no. just to clarify, <laughs> I was holding up an old vinyl. I put it on our, our socials just, you know, just so that makes sense to oh everyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, I don't know about you. My shopping list now consists of Blue Velvet Roller Skates, Scepter, <laughs> Um, a kangaroo that right. we'll have to somehow ship. I mean, there's right. plenty, plenty to organise. Plenty. But uh, yes, I think the priority for everyone else is download, stream, buy testimony. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're now going into a Gloria Gaynor deep dive and wanting to learn more, hear more. Her latest Grammy Award winning album is a fantastic place to start, mm-hmm. especially if, you know, as Kylie fans, we have been blessed with the Infinite Disco release of course. over the past couple of weeks, which has the House Gospel Choir mm. as part of that. So if that's something you really enjoyed, this is definitely your next step. Absolutely. And of course, don't forget to keep streaming and playing the video for... Kylie and Gloria's Can't Stop Writing Songs About You, which you can find on the Disco Guest List Edition, which we have an episode about of This Is Disco as well, if you'd like to check that out. Uh, Yeah, it's just what an album, what a song, what a woman that we just spoke to with one of the most incredible back catalogues of all time. Truly. Like, one of my favourite songs of all time is I Am What I Am. Same. that version is oh, just incredible. <laughs> it's so uplifting. I feel like I can just get anything done. I feel like I will survive anything. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely feel like I will survive anything now <laughs> moving forward. At what point in your life, Adam, did you think Gloria Gaynor would be singing I Will Survive Oh, you? No, are you kidding uh, me? Never. Like, that's uh, just... Well, <laughs> bonkers it was bonkers but as soon as she said when you asked and then she started I was just like I didn't really I was had no idea if what was happening was real (laughs) no me neither I've tried to reflect back on that entire conversation and it's almost like you know when a few days after you've had a dream and it becomes foggier and foggier unless unless you tell someone about the dream straight away it's really hard to Yes. <laughs> to put the pieces together. That's what it was like. It was actually a fever dream. Yeah, totally. Get... Totally. Just absolutely wild. Now, just to clarify again all of Gloria's socials and everywhere you can find tour dates, merch and everything. So the best starting point is GloriaGainer.com and that's where you will find sort of your links to everything. Yes. If you are on socials, you will find her on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, Twitter at Gloria Gaynor. And she has a fantastic YouTube channel, Gloria Gaynor Official, that has just surpassed 175 
thousand subscribers. Stop. So there's loads of um, performance videos from her concerts, TV appearances over the years, everything, and new content as it comes up. So definitely head there. Um, yes, tour dates. I know we have a lot of UK listeners, so. Definitely get your tickets to Boogie Town on September 10. So the links will definitely be on Gloria's page there. And Eliza, where can the folks find This Is Disco on the interwebs? You can find us at This Is Disco on Twitter and Instagram. And on TikTok, we are at This Is Disco Podcast. Look at us on TikTok still killing it. We're not um, as good at TikTok as Gloria is, but we're we're getting there. <laughs> uh, and what about yourself, Eliza? Where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Ms. Eliza Day on Instagram and Twitter. I am also on TikTok, but not my face because that's not a thing that's going to happen. So, but but <laughs> you you can find the usual pop culture related sort of videos and stuff on there. What about you, Adam? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Adam Eve, A D E M E V E. On Instagram, it's Adam Eve, but with a dot between Adam and Eve, because um, I couldn't get that on Twitter for some reason. Bastards! They don't That's let you so have. Weird. They don't let you have a like a full stop anywhere in the username, which is strange. Anyway, going completely off tangent there, but <laughs> uh, you can also find me on my fortnightly radio show on Mixcloud, which is The Record Doctor, uh, at The Record Doctor on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me on my Girls Aloud podcast, which is called You Can't Mistake Their Anthology. Uh, episode five coming out in a week, I think it works out to be, something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. and that's at Aloud Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And Dr. Pop Pod, which launches on April the 30th, covering Charlie XCX's Crash. Very busy for the month of April. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very busy, B. <laughs> hey, Liza, what are we doing for May's Minogue Monday? Right. Well, as mentioned, I think last episode, we just had a little interlude, the Gloria Gaynor interlude. Right. Um, we will be discussing the possibility, or more manifesting, mm-hmm. I guess, is what we do here, um, a Danny Minogue anti-tour. The Danty tour if you will. The, yeah, the Danty tour what that might look like. We should probably come up with a venue just so we can really, mm. really manifest this. Yes. I feel like anything is possible now. (laughs) (laughs) So that will be for May. We'll drop the date uh, a little closer to the episode. But Mm -hmm. that's what you've got to look forward to for next month on This Is Disco. I guess that's time for us to get out of here. I'm going to go listen to some Gloria Gaynor for the rest of the day. Thank you very much. As am I. I am going to hit play on Testimony once more. I mean, obviously, I will be having the video of Can't Stop Writing Songs About You on a permanent loop, as I'm sure everyone does. Yes. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always, my darling Eliza, to spend time in the studio with you, but also spend time in the studio with you and another one of our all-time legends in music. <laughs> it's just becoming a regular thing now, you know, just just, you know, just, just chatting to oh, icons. It's just <laughs> mind-blowing. The amount of 
of things that my wardrobe where I record in has seen over the past <laughs> year is truly astounding. Sorry, my quick change area. Yeah, your quick change. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to get the heck out of here. Uh, thank you very much. This has been Adam Eve. And Eliza Day. Bye, lovers. Love and kisses. Dance floor, darling. <laughs> You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day.